Hello and welcome to Space Chats. This week I'm with Lucinda Coyle and Samuel Xavier with their show Our Last First. Hello. 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 How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yeah, all good. I've got a coffee in me, so I'm brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and you've been measuring up the space and oh my gosh, yes. out. <laughs> throwing chairs here, there, and everywhere into different sort of setups and like measuring. Out, yeah. What's inches into meters, all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure any designer watching us measure would would laugh at us mm. greatly. But we're giving it we're giving it a go. Yeah. We actually hire the designer, designer who will probably measure and get them all actually accurate. Yeah. I think there's very there's something very comical about any measuring. It's just something about having to hold the two ends of a tape across a large room. It so is. Yeah. And it's always that scary moment when you've got to let go, and then the person like pings it back. I I go you, today. Like, oh, I was like. <laughs> So, yeah. It's a whole show in itself. Yeah, it really is. There we go, that's the next one. That's the one we should start writing. It's called Tape Measure. Tape Measure. <laughs> there you go, head it here. Tape Measure. New play. So, um, I'm going to start with your theatre company, mm-hmm. Bullet Point Theatre. Um, why and where and how did you meet and how did it start? Bullet Point Theatre actually came about in G.A.Y. late. Right, yeah, very famous nightclub. We can't hide from it because it is literally, it is part of the story. It really is. I mean, um, I will, is it, GOY Late is actually a pinnacle, like a, a, a pinnacle yes. point. But we actually met uh, doing front of housework together in the West End. And I taught Sam how to start a programme. Because she was my supervisor. Yeah, and he was awful at it. I wasn't awful, okay. Um, And then um, Lucy was... um, had written this play, our last first actually, mm-hmm. um, and it was going to the Union Theatre. So, from my sort of training at drama school, I was on the sidelines going, um, "Have you done this to just make sure everything's like?" Sam, yeah, so I basically <laughs> became like a therapist, but like a theatre therapist. So it was sort of off-site, not involved with the show, but because I was, we were doing sort of rehearsals during the day and pre-prep meetings during the day, I'd then come to work with like notebooks, spreadsheets, everything. And Sam would just sort of look over my shoulder and be like, I might want to like, I'm sure you can get a cheaper quote for insurance, for insurance from this place. So I'd be like, oh my God, who is this miracle human? Um, and then the show kind of, it came and it went and literally two months later, on a night out yeah. in GAY, Sam just turned to me on the chat and was like, I think we should form a theatre company. And it, because I just, from even just those interactions, I just knew that we would work really well together. Like, then, yeah. We, yeah. And then we spent a whole year sort of just... A year sort of thinking about what we wanted to do, because we were so aware that there are so many theatre companies out there, and that's absolutely brilliant. But we wanted to make sure that if we were going to actually do this, we wanted to do it properly, and we wanted to know why we were doing it. So we really took our time over it, like, mm. the, even the name. No, it took like, us, I'm going to say, nine months nine. to even think of the name. Yeah, just because we were like, well, if this is going to be something we're going to do potentially for, you know, the foreseeable future, the rest of our lives, we want to make sure we're doing it for the right reasons. Um, And we've got very, like, similar morals and ethics that we want to have behind the company that we were like, right, let's get this set in stone firmly Mm. and, like, think about what we want to do. And then, yeah, then suddenly it was, we were announcing it and... It's, just, yeah, it's gone really quickly, but it all started yeah. in GAY late. So if GAY's listening, they, they can sponsor us at any yeah. time. <laughs> Give me a free drink, that's more... <laughs> a joke. No, nothing like don't that. They don't need to do that. But yeah, it was really... That's how... It was very natural, which I think is quite nice. It wasn't like, we want to do a theatre company. It was like we'd worked together in a very different way and sort of realised that we worked well together. Mm. Um, and that's how it started. Yeah. 
Well, you're obviously supplementing each other. You're teaching him how to sell a program. Yeah, and you're really good at selling. <laughs> I am really good now. <laughs> no, I am a supervisor <laughs> in another theatre, so obviously the training went really well. <laughs> and then equally, you're sort of. I mean, I was going to say you're almost like a dramaturg in the early stages, but then you're also talking about. Yeah. Oh, do you need cheaper insurance? Yeah, it was. Um, which is not normally a dramaturg's job, but could be. Like, it was kind of just like a pure share of information. Like we already knew that we got on and we were kind of becoming friends outside of work, but we just had the information the other person needed. It was very odd. Mm. And we, we still do that. Like it's very much. Oh yeah. Even as much as when we're our colleagues working together. Yeah. Which is very odd. Very odd. But like, we we very much do like give each other advice on a lot of things not even just theatre just like life in general but like I think that's why I think the relationship works so well for us just because we know that we can trust the other two to actually give us the right like I I don't know right opinion on things and everything I think it's a really healthy way to work especially when there's only two of you in a company like typically you could look at us both and be like okay well I'm the writer and the co-producer and Sam is the director and the other co-producer but actually the way we kind of work is yes I will write the script and Sam probably will direct the show but we give each other feedback and we play off on each other's ideas constantly so it's flexible and I think that's the healthiest way especially when there's two of you because you never want to I don't know it's like we don't want to ever we, we I mean as things go we do disagree on things but we never want it to be sort of like i'm this person so this is this is my this is going to happen where i think we're very good at having open and good conversations about why i would like this would do you agree with this and if you don't what's the best route around it so we can get like a a middle ground for it and i think that's just the best way to work should we? Yeah, couples therapy. Look, we're around. <laughs> I feel very calm listening to you both. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> yes, these two people, they've got it. They've got it. Oh, it's a great... I guess we do. If not, we're doing a great right. job of convincing it, yeah. you. <laughs> so, backtracking to the script, mm-hmm. which was sort of the root before the root of yeah. the theatre company, how did that come about? Oh, gosh. So our last verse came about in quite an, an odd way. Um, it, it was really sort of birthed during lockdown, as so many shows were, but it, lockdown happened and I realised I needed to do something and that was just right because you had so much time and I just couldn't watch any more Netflix. And I found in like an old notebook a scene that I'd written and generally if I've got an idea but I don't really know the characters or the plotline, I'll just label them A, B or like F and H just, just to identify them on a page. And I came across this scene and it was like a first date scene um, between these two letters and I was like ah oh, like let's expand on that this seems like quite cute and then I had a chat with a really close friend and we were talking about casting in the industry and everything that is is kind of wrong with it and needs to change and we're both coming at it from very different approaches um, and we different well we had the same shared vision but we had we had our own reasons for why we didn't like the way that casting is done um, and I, we just sort of were on this like, yeah, like what if there was a play that was written without any genders, any ages, physical descriptions, like it could be played by any actor. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Like, why is it that you can't play, a, you know, the love story if you're over a size 14? Like, well, really, if you're over a size 12 now, like, why is that? Why is that a thing? Why do we have all of these boundaries? And I was like, well, there we go. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna write a play that could be played by any actor. And that then found this scene and was like, well, let's start from here. And I knew I wanted it to be a love story, 
because love stories are so typically told by the same people you know it's as much as diversity is really being pushed it's still not going for like as far as it should be um and then it went through a lot of rewrites and i was very lucky because a lot of actors were also stuck at home so they literally would just jump on zoom and be like hi can you just read this scene and then we talk about it and they'd be like i still think like b is maybe a little too gendered in this way and it was really just a pure collaboration with a few actors of basically them being like actually this sounds exactly like you like you've written that in your voice change it um and tried to get as many different actors with as, as many different backgrounds and voices to be like i would never say that um and that's yeah it kind of came together through a kind of like a very long r d <laughs> because we were stuck inside um and then when that lockdown kind of ended i was like right well i think this kind of needs to be workshopped because we've done enough read-throughs um, and lovely NDT Broadgate was very much alive at that point and they gave us rehearsal space and it was brilliant um, and then it kind of went from zero to a hundred and that ended up booking a theatre and then suddenly the show was on and it all kind of happened within like an eight month period it's a bit mad but I kind of say to people you forget that the first two months probably equivalent to you know maybe two years in a normal timeline it was just that we couldn't go anywhere and I mean that was 2021 and this is now 2023 so the show's kind of it's built since its first production it's i think it's bigger and it's bolder now um it's more kind of like defying boundaries we've pushed it a lot further um but it is really it was just written so that every actor can be on stage and everyone can be represented because it just doesn't happen and it's really ang like it's really annoying that there's still so many boundaries with casting so it was kind of written as a bit of a well there you go i proved you can do it so do it hmm. <laughs> slightly out of anger I guess <laughs> but with love anger but with love I quite a few times I've said why why are you doing the thing you're doing and people say because it wasn't being done before or because I was really fed up of this thing so I think that's a yeah. very valid and common uh impulse yeah to why to make work and I still think like it's really interesting that even now so I mean the show's cast live so the four actors have to learn the whole show so that every night you are seeing a different love story and a different couple and like still people to this day are like, oh, it really reminds me of X, Y, Z. And I'm like, mm, does the show remind you of X, Y, and Z? Or does it just remind you because it's had four casts and they've rotated? Like, did the show actually mm. promote true diversity? Or is it just that they were clever and got loads more actors involved? Mm. And it's kind of like, mm, some people don't quite see what we're trying to do because I think people don't often especially people that are very lucky in casting you know they are blessed in who they are who they physically are um and that's wonderful i'd never want to dishearten anyone discredit anyone but it's it we find that often the people that come to us and are like i love your show are the people that go i've not got this role because i'm and they insert whatever their word is and that it's for those people that really we're fighting for the show for hmm. it's a fantastic show and also i think someone hearing this who hasn't read the script or seen you did a wonderful excerpt at our launch uh, night which was just perfect we'll get around to that in a minute um but i think some people would sort of hear that and go oh 
is there a danger of losing any specificity? Sorry, I can't say that word. Very embarrassing on a podcast. It's, no, it's a hard word. Um, specificity. I, I mean, specificity. Yes, I yes. can't even. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Why did I go there? Uh, why did I ask this question? But no, it's, um, yeah, I, I think someone would say, oh, how about that? But it doesn't feel like that mm. at all. Like the moment that actor is in that part, everything slots into place. And like you have to take everything with a tiny pinch of salt. Like obviously, I cannot write a play that voices every single person on the planet because we don't one all speak the same language and two we don't have the same dialect so I can open it up as much as possible but in the end you know, you know there's always going to be someone that's like well I would never have said this and that's therefore not representing me and I'm like yeah I'm really sorry but I've given it my best shot and no one else has done it so you know hmm. yes I think trying to represent the whole world, the whole is, world. Is, is like as far as, as far as we go like, yeah. it's, it's a good thing to aim for but also there's Yes, yeah. you are you're one writer, but it's a fantastic play. Oh, and I think it definitely achieves what you set up to achieve. Yeah, so. again, yeah we're, we're trying. I mean, our biggest thing now is just keeping it, keeping the momentum going and not getting relaxed into it. I mean, casting it is just a, a ball game that I don't think, well. We both weren't really expecting. You know, well, we were. We were, because You've done it before, before but I think, it's, I think for me, this is why, this is my first time of actually properly casting a play i've been very very blessed that the work that i have done like i've sort of come in and people have already been cast and this is like my first time to actually go through the submissions that have been coming in and i mean i our jobs our job is incredibly hard at the moment because yeah, some people have come in and we're like oh my god they're they going to be brilliant for this but also there are now maybe 30 to 40 maybe even 50 people that are brilliant for this show and we just kind of like we. I don't know how we're going to narrow it down to four, four people, people, but we we have to. But also, <laughs> but, it's like yeah. the thing of the whole point of the show is it's for everyone. So it, it's quite hard because you look at an actor and you're like, well, technically you're not wrong for the show. Like that's the thing. So it's, it's like judging everyone purely on talent, which is it. It's, it feels harder because you can't be like, oh, actually, kind of we need we need the actor to be you know five foot nine dead on. And you're like, well, actually, there's none of that. No, it's so yeah. it's the biggest ball game ever it's so fun though we've had we've amazing had a, yeah. and it's just like we're trying to think of all the audience and you know our aim is that you everyone who comes to see the show should feel represented in at least one way and whatever that is because everyone should you know we should be getting to the point in theatre where you look on a stage and you're like oh that's me like oh that actor looks like me or i could do that and um, we're not we're, you know the industry says we're there but we're not we're not. No. And there was a big push post-COVID, but it's... It's sort of, it's ever since, well, not ever since, it has gone down again. And I think we're hoping that was a little revolution that we can bring it back up a little bit more, you know, in, in the with best our, way. With yeah. our show. Yeah, <laughs> best way possible. So. Hmm. so this is a show you'd encourage people to see more than once? Absolutely. Yes. If you've got the time, obviously, because life's a really busy, but it is definitely, you know, the aim is that you don't see the same show twice you know those four actors have learnt a 93 page script and they don't know who they're playing either on that day and the way it's kind of worded is there is, is loads of bit bits where it's sort of like well your parents have never liked me because I'm and the actor doesn't fill in that word it's who they physically are so we are asking the actors to really bring themselves to the show and not be apologetic or or hide any parts of them they don't want to hide so you know really one that you will see a show that is focused entirely on queer love through whatever roots that is 
but then the next you'll potentially watch a show that's about you know love from different backgrounds different cultures and how that clashes age differences like all of that mixed into one you really do see a different show based on who you know those two actors playing the couple up also the two actors on the outside playing the roles that kind of interfere like it, it's a it's a whole cacophony of slight chaos and excitement mm -hmm. and we have had people you know with the first round we had someone who came i think four times and was still like every show's different like i'm this scene picked up a lot more and this scene was mm. entirely different dynamics and i think that's the exciting thing of it is like i think i would i would really encourage someone to come and see it at least twice because it's you'll see one show and then you might find oh that actor's amazing at, in yeah, role of this person but like how would how, I, I don't know how they will be how can they play this role yeah. and i think it's that's an exciting place to be it's like actually i can come and see yeah. them do all these different roles and just see how they bring themselves to those roles because there were some roles in this in this show that I was like when I first went to it I was like oh god I'm I don't know how this person's going to play it like this but it would be really interesting mm. to just see how they do it and I'm just I'm ex I'm hoping that that excitement that I had when I went to see it mm. originally at the union I hope also is there in the audience that will come yeah. and see this show as well yeah it's and we're live streaming it multiple times, so if you can only come once in person, you can actually see it. You can watch another three productions <laughs> of it online, <laughs> which is great. So, going back to the launch, mm -hmm. uh, there was a scene that we saw where they were playing a game, yeah. at a kind of dinner party. <laughs> yeah. um, do you want to say how you approached that in terms of directing? Because it looked effortless. And well, it looked... I'll be very honest. <laughs> I was skiing that. <laughs> I was actually on holiday, on holiday, so I didn't direct it. But my, I have a really good friend called Elan who actually came in and actually yeah. uh, helps Lucy direct it. But I, I gave ideas of what I think should happen, so I can sort of speak <laughs> on it. But I, I, I watched the live stream. I, Lucy gave me a good hello right. from from France. But um, I would say uh, how we wanted to do it when we spoke about it anyway was that um, it's the only scene in the show where there's four people on stage. Yeah. It's the and it's the scene. it's a very tough scene because also what comes before I'm not to ruin I don't want to ruin anything but basically what becomes before that scene is quite heightened heightened and um, it's probably one of the pinnacle points of mm. the play so we wanted to sort of um, have a scene that actually not that it shouldn't be comedic but because of what has happened before it makes comes it com across. it comes across and seeing the live stream like it was i felt that even watching it it's like yeah. you can sell something you can tell something was not off, off. Yeah. and i i mean when we spoke about rewrites of this play one of the things i did say was like i would love it if there was something where it was like these four people playing a game and, and playing cards and it sort of expanded from there but directing it was sort of like how do you, and it's the approach that I'm going to bring to this, is like, bring yourself to the scene and know the intentions of what each character is going to be doing in that scene. Why are they playing this game? And sort of like, why are they responding in such a way to the other characters in yeah. the room? And I think that, I mean, it came across really well. I think it actually, and the laughs that came I think were also part of it as well. It's also kind of for an audience potentially, I mean it's hard, I've tried to get it across in, this, in the 
seasonal because obviously you've only got a few minutes to be like this is the this is the background this is the bio this is what we're going to be showing you is that scene it is the first time that audience go oh my god you have four actors that know every word on that stage yeah. what's going to go wrong and it does it can go wrong because if one actor says like the next line they've all switched roles so it's probably the most, not only kind of one of the most heightened scenes, but for the actors and the audience, you do, like you would watch all of the audience when it happened the first time. You see them all come out and everyone just sits up that little bit straighter because they're like, oh, Ooh. okay, let's watch mm. them play now. Right, mm. let's see what these actors have got. Like, can they do this? Yeah, because I think that's also the impressive side of the whole play mm. in a way is that you watch the play, you get, I think people, you get comfortable watching me like, oh, this is a great story. And then suddenly you go, but wait, <laughs> wait, aren't they? This is like, it's yeah. that thing of like, oh my goodness, they, this might be the first time they're doing, doing this. And it's like, like yeah. Actors have swapped lines in that scene. And you are just sat there going, you're just watching them fix it. And somehow they've always fixed it. But it is like, it's a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that scene, it's but I'm so also good. such a fan of card games. Me the, too. The it's opportunity to put like go fish in, I was like, brilliant. Let's play go fish. I mean, Spend hours workshopping that scene. Just yeah. playing the game. Wow, it was really. Oh. It's gonna need longer rehearsals. <laughs> I think I was skiing is the best response I've ever had. How did you direct this show? Yeah, well, I, I was skiing. Thanks, <laughs> But it worked. It was. However, I promise I'm here for the show. <laughs> I'm here He's for the rehearsals. <laughs> even though Sam was skiing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and you can answer this individually or together. I'm not sure what your plans are as a theatre company or as individuals. What projects are exciting you now looking ahead to the next thing? I realise like all your headspace is probably, right, we've got to produce this show, but oh, no. I am imagining mm. you've probably got some other things. Yeah. We, we do. We have two shows. We have two oh. shows. And um, they're both very different from what... Very different. But that's the, I think that's because our theatre company is this thing of we want to bring different shows to life with also basically the aim to highlight something that hasn't really been seen yeah. before. Um, or a voice that like doesn't, our aim is like all our shows, all our plays should be based on either a voice that isn't heard or a topic that's not discussed enough. about because it's seen as taboo or not on stage. And our kind of, our, our sort of like slogan is if an audience member leaves one of our shows feeling comfortable, we've not done our job. And sometimes that gets picked in the wrong way. But yeah. what we mean is, if if an audience member leaves one of our shows and starts talking about, you know, what how they're getting home, what their plans are, you know, oh, did you hear that Deirdre went to so and so the other day? <laughs> then we failed in our aim to get that voice heard right. So we want people to leave the shows and go. Oh, oh gosh, my goodness, that was I didn't. Scary. I'm either I've learned something, or um, just to talk about the show yeah, and like the what the, what. Do they agree with it? Do they, yeah. that, 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 I think, and that is such a healthy conversation to have in theatre. Like we need to have those conversations in mm. theatre, and we don't want to and have out, and out into yeah. the wider world. Yeah. Um. So we've got one show, uh, which is really focused on teenage psychiatric care and the realities mm. of it, and it doesn't. It really does not hide anything. It doesn't shy away. Um. It's and a then, very honest depiction. And, um, and then we have another show that we're sort of workshopping slash waiting to maybe get some funding for to do about essentially the world and the climate of if basically dictatorship in a way of sort of like a different world slash very similar to home but how it how it's run is sort of run by money and by money. and in a way that's very close to home where we are now in mm. the world as well but this really takes it to the extremes of 
what if it was really done by essentially x y and z if if someone had the most money in the place like how does that and it follows a group of young people trying to navigate a world where money's kind of gone and you know there was literally a panorama the other day Mm -hmm. about how our generation the generation below us we should be at a point where where we're getting more than previous generations but actually we're now getting less. less and it's kind of like well what happens if in 30 years we've gone even further down um, yeah and it's almost you know it, it slightly touches on like climate change and it basically is like a, a sort of call to arms for our generation to be like if we don't fix this our two generations below us will have could have this yeah so, so that's yeah. an exciting they're all, they're all very different. very different things and that's i think the beauty of what we are trying to do is that we don't want to have things that are similar we yeah. just want to and all one person in yeah. such different ways written in different we're going to be created in so, so many different ways with different elements to them as well puppetry and one. yeah and actually well i mean yeah puppetry in the one that we're trying to the the money one as well as sorry naturalism in the psychiatrist so it's yeah, like it's really in an exciting future i think for bpt well bullet point filter bullet sorry i need to stop <laughs> um we every, shorten everything, <laughs> we shorten everything. Shorten it. it's, it's very um, i wish i could ask more about both of those places because i'm already going oh very exciting who's mm. doing what how's it working however Time is time is running away slightly, and we can talk so, for forever. But it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So, just a final question to each mm-hmm. of you individually: What was your first ever theatrical experience, either performing or oh. seeing something? Oh goodness anything. me! I actually, I'm gonna have to think. I, this has been a while. Um, I mean, I think like most people, um, I have two. My first thing I ever saw, I think, was a pantomime when I was very young, and I that was like my first introduction to theatre and to be honest that's a lot of introdu- like people's first introduction to theatre is through pantomime and I was just I loved it and everything and actually I remember actually, I think it's not even in the theatre it was like you remember the, the ones that would come into school yeah. and I think that was probably one of my first ever interactions with the theatre world things that I've been in my first show that I ever did was West Side Story like as a proper production of it yeah. and that was back in Nottingham who did you play? I played one of the uh sharks when i was like maybe 10 a shark like a you know the you know the, the gangs oh, yes. sorry <laughs> sorry i was still in pantomime land uh, i know <laughs> I was like a shark thought, in pantomime. <laughs> that's not been seen before but that's oh, something that gosh. should happen um I'm so sorry. but yeah that's um that was when i was very very young yeah so that's sort of my first like way into theater i would say what about yourself oh my gosh um I was very lucky. My my mum is obsessed with theatre. She's mm-hmm. like the ultimate drama mama. Like she would come see a show every night if she could, and sometimes she just will. Um, so I was very lucky. I was also an only child, so I was kind of pushed into like every extracurricular activity possible so that my parents could still work. Um, so I feel like one of the first things I did was probably in like a little youth theatre group. Mm-hmm. Hello. Sorry, Sorry. we're just work. recording a podcast. But Karen, all oh, good, amazing. I Thank you. Know, so much. I'm so no, you're fine. Don't worry. That's good. Thanks so much. Please keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rewind. I'll rewind. <laughs> so I think I don't really remember what my first interaction with theatre is, but I remember I used to go see The Snowman every Christmas because. I don't know. I mean, it's magical. It's so beautiful. So I remember doing that and going to see that and being like amazed by flying snowmen. Mm. And that's probably one of my earliest memories. But it's really sad, isn't it, that you actually can't remember everything. 
I'd love to know what the first thing I ever saw was. Yeah, I think so. It was just like a... Knowing me, it was probably like a music drama class with a woman and maraca <laughs> singing like wheels on the bus. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, what? there we go. <laughs> and from that comes this. <laughs> so, your show, yeah. the last first, and not the first last, which oh, is what first. I keep calling yeah. it. Our last. You see, I can't believe really <laughs> that playwright. I'm so sorry. Our last first by Bullet Point Theatre mm-hmm. is coming to the space from the sixth to the fourteenth of June. If you are not in London or otherwise cannot get to the space, it's also going to be live streamed on the eighth, eleventh, and fourteenth of June. You'll probably want to watch all of those, as said, because... They're all different. They're all different. All very different live streams, so please book for those. Thank you so much for coming to speak to us. We're in a porter cabin. It's a bit cold. <laughs> There's been it's fire fine. extinguisher inspectors. We love around. it. It's fine. We're here for the madness and the chaos. Absolutely. We are, we've got a scarf and a turtleneck today, so it's, we're all nice ready for warm. it. Nice and warm. We're very prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. See you very soon. I'll Thank see you, you soon. Much. Thank you.